0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Washington Watch.
2: Coming up. Partisan power grab failed to advance out of committee for the same reason it must never, ever become law as currently written. It will shatter public confidence in our democracy if the Democratic Party decides it can rig the rules
1: that was the republican leader mitch mcconnell on the senate floor earlier today commenting on the democrat election takeover bill that failed in the senate rules committee yesterday is the corrupt politician act dead we'll talk about it with tennessee senator Marsha blackburn in just a moment and it didn't take long the biden chickens have come home to roost this week a plethora of crises hit From gas lines reminiscent to the 1970s, to the unrest in the Middle East, not not seen since the last Democrat was in the White House, to a 20-year high of illegal border crossings on our southern border, to rising unemployment. The Biden administration is underscoring, once again, elections have consequences. Consequences, by the way, that can put the nation at risk. 120 retired senior military officers have issued a letter this week sounding an alarm and calling on American citizens to save America from the policies of the Biden administration. We'll talk with one of them, our own retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. And speaking of the military, the attacks on military chaplains have begun once again under the perverse policies of President Biden. First Liberties Mike Berry is here with how one chaplain is fighting back and how you can help. And I can't talk enough about this. It is time for men to be men. My good friend, Tim Clinton, president of the American Association of Christian Counselors has a new book out entitled, Take It Back, Reclaiming Biblical Manhood for the Sake of Marriage, Family, and Culture. Tim joins us later here on Washington Watch. The website is TonyPerkins.com. And if you're on the free speech platform of Gab, it's at Tony underscore Perkins. And let me encourage you, uh, if you're not joining with us in our daily Bible study, we're on a two-year journey through the Bible, you can find out more about that. Go to TonyPerkins.com. In fact, you can join me most mornings, uh, early in the morning when I do uh, kind of a little study on the reading of the day. Again, you can find out more at TonyPerkins.com. Yesterday evening, about uh, eight hours of debate had taken place. The Senate Rules Committee deadlocked nine to nine along partisan lines on passing out of committee HR 1 S1, the Corrupt Politician Act. During the debate, Democratic leader Chuck Schumer not only pushed for passage of the Corrupt Politician Act, he attacked the 47 states that are trying to fix election irregularities that have shaken voters' confidence in our election system.
0: And now, in states across the country, Republican legislatures have seized on the big lie to restrict the franchise and inevitably make it harder for African Americans, Latinos, students, and the working poor to vote. Here in the 21st century, we are witnessing an attempt at the greatest contraction of voting rights Since the end of Reconstruction and the beginning of Jim Crow,
1: the tie vote in committee means Democrats aren't able to formally advance the bill to the floor, but that does not mean the bill won't ultimately be brought up for a vote in the Senate. Joining us now with more on this and other things happening this week is Tennessee Senator Marcia Blackburn. Marcia, welcome back to the program.
3: Thank you. It's good to join you, and you are so right. We have crisis happening on every front here, and they're all of the Biden administration's making. And you mentioned the, the voting, as they call it, a voting rights bill. We call it the Corrupt Politicians Protection Act because it would in put in place a permanent Democrat majority. And this is what they are trying to do. They're trying to take away from your local county election commission and your state, their constitutional duty to put forward the time, place, and manner of holding elections. And they're trying to bring all of that responsibility to Washington, D.C., to set up a new agency. If you think that you're—it's easy to get an answer from the IRS— Imagine if they were to have a Bureau of Elections and you had to try to get an answer. This is unbelievable. We do think it's unconstitutional. But, you know, Tony, it does not stop them. They are trying to federalize elections. They are trying to take every database that your state has of college students, of business license, put them all in the voter registration form and then prohibit your county from purging or cleaning up their voter rolls. They're trying to institute mail out ballots which means everybody on that roll would get a ballot through the mail and then they're trying to normalize and codify ballot harvesting say if you've got five ballots at your house and somebody knocks on the door and says how many ballots did you get would you like to sell those ballots to me then Uh, They would take those ballots and then they can fill them out for the candidate of their choice. So this bill is something that would make it easier to cheat. And it is why people that are Democrat and Republican are opposing what Pelosi and Schumer are trying to do to your right and your access to the ballot box.
1: And, and Senator Blackburn, they're again pulling out the racist club uh, to beat people over the head if they oppose us. Now, this to set the stage, 47 states have introduced over 350 bills to address the irregularities that surfaced in the fall's election. But all of those people, according to Chuck Schumer, I want to play a very short clip of what he said yesterday. Basically, all these people are racist. Play clip uh, number one, please.
0: These laws carry the stench of oppression, the smell of bigotry. Are you going to stamp it out or are you going to allow it to be spread? I mean,
1: everything to them comes back to racism.
3: I I have to tell you, it is just so insulting to the American people, Uh, people that want to preserve one person, one vote, people who want to uphold the constitutional responsibility of the states, the delegation of powers through our Constitution. And uh, pretty much what Chuck Schumer is saying, if you don't pass this bill that federalizes elections that would require nonprofits to put in place um, to expose all of their donors uh, that would have an election federal election commission that was partisan for the democrats majority democrat if you don't support all of that then they're going to call you all sorts of names i have friends who are Asian-American, African-American, friends that are Hispanic, uh, and they all oppose this bill because they think this would diminish their right to have a say in elections. And if this bill that Chuck Schumer is pushing goes through, you know who's going to be picking the candidates? It's going to be the elites, the party leadership, who is going to be deciding who wins? It is going to be the Democrats and their party leadership. See, they don't want to ever to ever lose again. And, Tony, they know that if they were to bring their ideas to the American people, the American people would say no. So they're trying to force this through before the 2022 elections, because you know Why? They know that they are going to lose. So my suggestion to everybody is realize that a lot of people you go to church with every Sunday are not registered to vote. Get them registered to vote. Go by the Election Commission. Pick up some voter registration forms. And while you are there, offer to volunteer at the Election Commission. And clean up those roles. Make certain that you have the right people on the rolls. And then thank your state legislators for trying to clean up uh, the election laws and fix holes that are in the system. Say thank you to them for doing their constitutional duty to make certain that we secure and preserve election integrity.
1: And and also consider running for office for those local school you boards and city council races. I, I want to move on uh, before we run out of time to another topic, because while the Biden administration has been focused on trying to to take over the elections from the states, while they've been pushing their transgender policy all across America and our nation's military, there are some of you that have been warning about things that have occurred even this week uh, where we've seen attacks in Israel Uh, most significant conflict there since Barack Obama was in the White House. But also here at home, we've got gas lines in parts of the country that are reminiscent of the 1970s and the oil crisis. You know, we're, we're canceling pipelines, but we're not protecting what we have. And this cyber attack that took place over the weekend that has shut down the colonial pipeline, you had introduced legislation to try and protect these vulnerable resources.
3: Yes, I have. Having a plan for how we protect our nation's critical infrastructure is essential. I have recommended that we bring talent from the civilian sector into a cyber reserve, and also that we use our National Guard, because many of our guardsmen and women have the expertise in cyber areas, and they do that in their day job, and they bring those skills uh, to bear when they are working in their guard duties and instead of having a rucksack, what they have is the skill set to protect us in the virtual space, which there is a lot of 21st century warfare that is going to be carried out in the virtual space so we have tried to be proactive on this Uh, we have colleagues across the aisle that have not seen this as a necessity in being proactive we're continuing to push i think this week's actions have certainly brought attention to this so um, we're pushing forward on that front we are Indeed, continuing to stand with Israel, and I am astounded, absolutely astounded that the White House has not weighed in on this. Yeah. It is imperative that we stand with Israel. They are our greatest ally, and absolutely. President Biden needs to stand up and say something about this. We know that Hamas is funding a lot of these um. These rockets. We know that a lot of their money is coming out of Iran. We have been uh, very guarded and have spoken out repeatedly against what John Kerry and this administration are trying to do with reopening negotiations with Iran. Uh, we're very concerned about this loosening and lifting of sanctions and sending uh, assets and money into. Ron, we're going to stay on this issue
1: and i know you will and we're grateful for it senator marcia blackburn always great to have you on the program thanks for standing it's firm on capitol hill and folks check out her website to find out more about uh, what senator blackburn is doing go to tonyperkins.com and follow the links over look this is how i see it uh, the the bad guys prey on weakness I mean, none of this stuff really, we didn't see any of this kind of stuff during the Trump years. But now, all of a sudden, just a few months into the Biden administration, attacks on critical infrastructure, the Middle East up in flames again, gas lines, policies, the policies of this administration. All right, don't go away. The attacks on the military chaplains have begun again. Michael Berry is here from First Liberty. Don't go away, we're back with more after this.
2: Today, moral relativism and political correctness are assaulting truth. How can the world have hope when believers themselves aren't clear on the authority of the Bible?
1: The Church of Jesus Christ always faces a tremendous temptation to deviate from the Word of God.
2: The God who speaks clearly expresses God's intent in giving us His Word and the response that is demanded of those who hear. Nobody ever encounters
0: God and says, that was boring and irrelevant. When people say that about the
1: Bible, it just says to me they've not encountered the God of the Bible.
2: Our faith is rooted in history, and and consequently we need to use the evidence and never be afraid of it. The God Who Speaks is a feature-linked documentary from the American Family Association which could bolster your confidence in the Word of God.
1: Churches really need to see this, really need to understand
2: what the Bible actually is. Available now at thegodwhospeaks.org.
0: Here's a moment of Hope for Your Home with Jerry and Becky Drace.
2: Have you ever crossed the Mississippi River, seen the Colorado River at the bottom of the Grand Canyon? Have you crossed the bridges over the St. John's River? Water provides power. It is a source of irrigation and nourishment. Listen to Revelation chapter 22, verse 1.
3: He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb.
2: Earthly rivers are simply a trickle compared to the river of living water that comes from accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All the rivers
3: of the world are not as powerful as the living water that Jesus gives. Lead your family to take a step into the water and just see.
0: Learn more about the ministry of Jerry and Becky Drace, including evangelism with integrity, devotions, articles, and more at hopeforthehome.org. This has been a moment of hope for your home.
4: Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with Eight Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives every day, even children. Do you know the average age of a child who is trafficked is 12 years old? I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and help end this human tragedy. Eight Days of Hope is decided to be a part of that solution. God's opened up a door for us to partner with existing ministries, and that's where we bring skilled volunteers to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility for survivors to receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual healing they need. If you're skilled in any trade and you want to use your gifts for a greater purpose, please contact us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com We would love for you to join us on our next project. For more information about the ministry of 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com That's 8daysofhope.com It didn't
1: take long. The attacks on chaplains in the military have begun once again. Uh, During the Obama administration, it was almost a uh, daily occurrence. Uh, This subsided for the most part during the Trump years, although there were still some things in the pipeline there. But last month, the U.S. Army reprimanded chaplain Major Andrew Calvert for using his personal Facebook page earlier this year to question President Biden's anticipated repeal of the previous administration's military transgender ban, which we were a part of. The investigation that was launched in response to the chaplain's post concluded that he violated regulations and a reprimand was recommended. Well, Chaplain Calvert is rejecting the investigation's conclusions and he's appealing as the reprimand would effectively end his career joining me now to talk about the chaplain's case is mike barry deputy general counsel and director of military affairs for first liberty institute which is representing chaplain calvert free of charge Uh, mike welcome back to the program
5: thanks for having me it's great to be with you again
1: and uh semper fi semper fi all right tell us about this case what's happening and what the chaplain is doing and how our viewers and listeners can help
5: well pure and simple this case is about the the united states army punishing a chaplain a decorated chaplain at that uh, for simply expressing his sincerely held religious beliefs consistent with the teachings of his denomination and might i add consistent with department of defense policy at that time. On January 25th, when Chaplain Calvert made a a comment on an Army Times Facebook post, so the Army Times posted an article on Facebook and left the comments open uh, for the public. Chaplain Calvert, using his personal Facebook page, commented on the article saying that essentially he supported the Department of Defense policy at that time, which was that people with a history of gender dysphoria were medically disqualified from serving in the military. And he said that he supported that policy. And the army decided that that viewpoint, uh, even expressed by a chaplain in accordance with his sincerely held religious beliefs was impermissible and they punished him for it. And now he faces the end of his career as a result.
1: Now, Mike, isn't this reminiscent of what we saw during the uh, Barack Obama years?
5: Yes, the, the, the hits keep on coming. You know, his, history is now repeating itself. Uh, many of us predicted that incidents like this would probably occur under a Biden administration. We hoped that they would not. We hoped that religious freedom would still be remain strong uh, in, in our military. And, you know, despite a lot of the rhetoric and platitudes that we heard, here we are chaplains i mean what's next are they going to go after chaplains for what they say from the pulpit during during chapel services
1: yeah when you what they found in the, this investigation that he violated AR600-20 that doesn't mean anything to most people uh but he engaged in discrimination um and then also he engaged in online misconduct by simply stating that he supported the current policy and was opposed to what might be the policy under the Biden administration?
5: Yeah, that's right. And I, I think what's even more important to point out, Tony, is that uh, you know during the Trump administration, we had uniformed members of our military marching in political rallies and political parades in uniform expressing openly their opposition to their commander-in-chief's policies. And that was all considered to be perfectly acceptable and in fact something that should be celebrated and applauded by, by many in the military and, and in the media. And now you have a chaplain who expresses his support for who at that time, uh, or at, uh, at that time was the existing policy of the Department of Defense, and now he's being punished. This just goes to show you're only really allowed to have one point of view and one perspective. And it doesn't matter, even if you have a religious objection to where the policy might be heading somewhere in the future, if you express your religious views openly and you happen to be a member of the military, they will come after you. Even if you use your personal Facebook page, Chaplain Calvert's Facebook page disclaims any endorsement by the army and says, this is my personal Facebook page. I'm only speaking as Andrew Calvert not as a member of the armed forces, et cetera, et cetera. And they said, it doesn't matter. We think you violated the law. It doesn't matter that, it, that, that you're a chaplain and that you're required by your denomination to hold to these views. The fact that you put it on Facebook, your career's over. That's unacceptable in this country.
1: You know, Mike, I think it's an extremely important point in contrasting what took place during the Trump years. And, and I was critical of the Trump administration and being slow to clean up the uh, Department of Defense. They never did get it done. Uh, and it's pr- quite frankly, it's because what was in the pipeline after eight years of Barack Obama, where they purged conservative officers and you had all those politically correct officers in the pipeline, it would have taken another four years uh, to really clean it up. But I wanna go back to something you talked about uh, with in terms of a chaplain and his messages, his preaching. Is this what we see here, the canary in the coal mine when it comes to the free speech of chaplains?
5: Well, I i mean, I certainly hope not, but I don't see how it can be viewed any other way. I think the purge was is only gonna continue. And uh, I certainly wouldn't put it past uh, those in, in leadership right now in the executive branch and in, in the pentagon to start going after chaplains for what they preach from the pulpit to start going after chaplains for what they put again in their personal facebook page or are they going to start looking in chaplains diaries to see a what you know what are you writing in your diary this is the equivalent of the thought police coming after a chaplain for what they say in their personal capacity and we know that that's exactly what the far left wants to happen. They want to root out and purge, just as you said, anybody who holds a view contrary to what they believe is the only acceptable view for people to be in public service, including our military. And the bottom line is that is going to hurt our military. That is going to cause people to turn away from military service. We're already seeing problems with recruiting and retention. And and if that continues, that's a national security concern. We need to be very, very attentive to it.
1: That's absolutely right. Mike Berry, thanks so much for joining us. Great work, First Liberty. appreciate you representing this chaplain. We want to encourage people to stand with you as you do that. Thanks so much for being with us.
5: Thanks for having
1: me. And folks, uh, you can stand with uh, the chaplain as well. We've got a petition on our site, TonyPerkins.com, that you can sign in support of this chaplain. And also, look at the great work that First Liberty does. We're grateful for their partnership. But stand with those who are standing for the truth. All right? When we come back, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, men being men. Tim Clinton joins us about a new book that's out this week. Don't go
6: Making the most of your money. Here's Dan Celia on American Family Radio. We are starting to hear more from some Fed presidents. Bullard, now the St. Louis Fed president, indicating that it looks like Fed might have to reconsider. Druckenmiller, great analyst investor on Wall Street, indicating that things look like they're gonna be slowing down and we need to be more worried about inflation. Jeremy Siegel, Professor Siegel from the University of Pennsylvania, big, big time bull for stocks saying, "Mm, might have to rethink that maybe time to slow or minimize what you're doing in equities. These are all very, very smart people. If there was ever a need for behavioral economics, this is the time, I guess. I've been saying that since the last two years of the Bush administration. Look, what was going to happen come June is happening a little bit earlier. Everybody is starting to realize, even me, I'm starting to scratch my head thinking, oh, my word, I was right by the grace of God from the beginning. I hate to say that. It sounds horrible. But the fact of the matter is we were seeing this coming down the line and it is unavoidable. Inflation, unavoidable. Stock corrections, unavoidable. We could have said it was unavoidable after the Obama administration. Those overvalued equities didn't seem to matter at the end of the first year because we had good growth, enthusiasm for growth. Let me just remind the government, their job is not to create jobs. Their job is to create an environment by which the private sector is going to create jobs. If the Federal Reserve and fiscal policies coming out of Washington don't begin to change soon before it's too late, we're going to have a very rough winter. We'll see what happens. We'll watch the inflation numbers come out here towards the end of the week.
2: Want to hear more financial advice from Dan Celia? Look for his podcast at AFR.net.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. The website, check it out, TonyPerkins.com. All right, earlier this week, we had uh, on the program, the president of Promise Keepers, Ken Harrison, who was uh, was criticized last week by an editor at USA Today for calling upon Christian men uh, to get this, to stand up for what's right and no longer be silent or passive. And uh, during our conversation, uh, we talked about how the left doesn't want Christian men to realize that they're not alone. He said, quote, they don't want to see us unified and stand strong because we are really a powerful force for the Lord and for our children when we're together. Well, my next guest would probably agree to that statement. His latest book, Take It Back, Reclaiming Biblical Masculinity, The Heart and Strength of Being a Man. It empowers men to be who God created them to be and to impact the culture that is in desperate need of their influence, and you hear that all the time on Washington Watch. Well, with me now to talk about the issue of manhood and his latest book is Dr. C- Tim Clinton, President of the American Association of Christian Counselors. Tim, welcome to the program. Hi, Tony. Great to be
7: with you. It's a wild world we're living in.
1: It, it is, and uh, if there's one thing I think we if we zeroed in on, there's a number of things I'd like to, but if I, if I had to pick, uh, it would be men being men of God. If we did that, we could begin to see marriages come in order. We could begin to see families come into the alignment with God's plan and purposes, churches, communities, and the list goes on.
7: You know, Tony, for years, um, uh, people have really reported, they believe the greatest social ill of our day is the absence of dads from the home. I'll add the absence of godly dads from the home. And you're right, if men would step up and into this moment, it would be amazing what could happen. Uh, I do believe this, Tony. I agree with your opening statement about uh, Ken Harris and, and what he's starting to see across the country with Promise Keepers. There is a stirring going on among men. There's fire. Uh, it's like I've not seen in a long, long time. I, maybe, maybe they felt forgotten, certainly marginalized, but you know, society paints them as buffoons, idiots, uh, withdrawn, uh, emotionless creatures uh, that are porn addicts terrible fathers, uh, horrible husbands, and more. At the, at the end of the day, Tony, I, I get that piece there. I mean, I've seen toxic behavior. We've all seen it in men. But that doesn't mean that masculinity is toxic. That doesn't mean there aren't men out there who um, haven't, quote, bowed the knee to uh, that insanity. Rather, they they love God. They want to make a difference. They want to be strong. And they want to have a voice in this culture for such a time as this.
1: I think you're absolutely right. And we're seeing it in our uh, Stand Courageous conferences that we're doing. Uh, we're just out in Southern California. We've got one coming up in Woodland Park uh, in June. And then we're going to be uh, actually, uh, I think we're going to be out uh, your way in Lynchburg uh, come, I think, uh, the end of uh, August. So men are are hungry. They They need, I think... Uh, they need a lot of things. But one is affirmation that they are needed because you're right. the the, the culture shows them as uh, as buffoons, treat them, treats them as if uh, they're not necessary or needed when quite frankly, they're essential in the lives of their children. And who knows this better than you and those who counsel families.
7: Yeah, Tony, I, I, I've seen a lot of discouragement. Um, men uh, men are tired of that beat down. Uh, They want to come together in a place where they're not getting pounded, um, but rather um, affirmed Uh, and challenged. Men love a challenge. They want to be challenged to uh, figure out how to make a difference in their families. You know, the average dad I talk to when I ask him, how are you doing as a dad? You know what he says to me, Tony? He says, Tim, I think about it every day. I worry about it. I want to be a good dad, especially those young dads who are stepping up to the Mm -hmm. plate who grew up without a father. It matters to them. They don't want that stuff in their home anymore. And, Tony, the good news is 92% of Americans believe that men matter, that dads matter in their families. And what they want is they want to see this happen. Talk to the women out there. They love their dads. They love their brothers. They love their sons. They're their grandpas and more. They want to see men honored. And yes, they want to see uh, those men who are living um, out of line, out of character with God's will and more to come back to him and to take on the the mantle of biblical masculinity, to be more like
1: Christ. And and the good news is the men can take the bull by the horns here and they can address the situation. Uh, Very quickly, we've got about 40 seconds left. Uh, How can men get a copy of this book and what is your hope that they'll get from it?
7: Tony, I hope that there's a lot of hope and healing and encouragement that comes uh, into their world as a result of encountering the book. That's what it was all about. If one dad steps up to the plate and is there at the game, if one husband steps up to the plate and, uh, and the love that flows between his wife is, is strengthened, if one man steps up to the plate and acts more like Christ in everyday life, that's what this book was all about. You can get it up anywhere books are sold from Amazon to timclintonbooks.com
1: all right very good and i hope a lot of people pick it up a lot of men in fact i hope a lot of wives will buy it for the men the man in their life uh tim clinton always great to talk with you thanks so much for stopping by today tony thank you all right tim clinton to find out more go to the website tonyperkins.com follow the links over and uh look i'm telling you if uh, if men would begin to walk in the role that god has designed for them despite what the world says i tell you what we could change the world i am not kidding you if men would would once again adopt biblical masculinity that means walking as a man the way god has defined it It change our families it would change our country all right don't go away when we come back 120 Senior Retired Military Officers, warning Americans. One of them joins us next, our own Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin is with me. Don't go away.
8: Hey Matt.
0: Hey Hannah.
8: What's going on? Why so gloomy?
0: Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it.
8: Oh yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do?
0: Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times, I just didn't stick with it.
8: Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out.
0: When did they start? I I would be so far behind.
8: Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading.
0: Nice. Where can I find
8: this? Go to frc.org Bible and you can get started.
0: Where's that again?
8: frc.org Bible.
0: Got it. Checking it out now. American Family Radio newscasts are now available as a podcast. I'm Rusty Pugh. I'm Steve Jordahl. Didn't catch the full story? Listen to the podcast. I'm Chris Woodward. I'm Chad Groening. Didn't have the radio on at the top of the hour? Listen to the podcast. I'm Charlie Bunch. And I'm Fred Jackson. Get accurate news from a Christian perspective whenever you want it with the American Family News podcast. You can also sign up for our daily news brief. Visit onenewsnow.com.
2: Are you in need of hope, encouragement, and the love of God? I'm Pastor Salem, I'd like to invite you to join us for the Christian Worship Hour. For decades, I've been teaching the Word of God so that people everywhere can experience the love and power of a personal relationship with our Lord. Tune into this station this weekend and prepare to be blessed and encouraged by another life-changing message. Learn more about our program at ChristianWorshipHour.com
1: I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, we were talking with Tim Clinton in the uh, the last segment, and I just wanted to follow up on the Stand Courageous Men's Conferences. Uh, we, uh, we have several of them around the country. We have basically four major conferences regionally uh, each year, and then we have some smaller conferences that are taking place. But our next one is coming up June the 19th. It uh, is in Woodland Park, Colorado. That's just outside of uh, Colorado Springs at uh, Kara's Bible College. Um, all, it's a one-day event. It starts on Saturday, goes all day. Uh, it, you will not want to miss it if you're in the area. You want to mark your calendar for this June the 19th uh, to register. You can go to uh, you can go to TonyPerkins.com. Follow the links over, or just go to StandCourageous. In fact, just go directly to it. StandCourageous.com. Also a listing of upcoming events. We've got other events coming up across the nation. So uh, men, now's the time to be a part of standing courageous. More than ever, America needs men of biblical courage. And I insert that biblical part because we've got to be biblically grounded and founded. So go to StandCourageous.com. Speaking of Standing Courageous, my next guest was among more than 120 retired generals and admirals who signed an open letter to the American people warning them and calling upon them to get involved now. Now, not tomorrow, not in the next election, but now at the local state and the federal level for the survival of our nation, for its cherished freedoms, for our liberty, for our historic values that made us an exceptional nation. They're all at stake today. Among those signatories is uh, our own FRC Executive Vice President, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. One of the original members of the U.S. Army's Delta Force, and he spent his last four years of his 36-year career as the Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. General, welcome back to the program.
2: Well, thanks a lot, Tony. I'm uh, real glad to be with you today. 120-plus
1: senior retired military officers, I mean, they're sounding the alarm. Uh, and at the timing of this is such, when you look at what has happened this week, where you have one of the greatest outbreaks of violence uh, in and conflicts in the Middle East, in Israel, that we've seen since Barack Obama was in the White House. We've got a cyber attack on our uh, gas pipeline, the colonial pipeline, which is creating gas lines, unemployment rates uh, rising, uh, the border 20-year crisis the policies of this administration are putting the nation at risk
2: yeah no question about it tony let me say that uh, you know we we could probably get uh, within the next 48 hours get another 100 retired generals and admirals on this uh, on this thing because this is fundamental to uh, the oath that we took to support and defend the constitution of the united states and that Constitution is right now being threatened in a way that uh, I've never seen before or never expected to see, uh, and all those things that you just mentioned are just uh, the tip of the iceberg. Uh, we talk about other things in here. We we even talk about the electoral process and the the integrity of the electoral process. We talk about China. We talk about uh, uh, Section two hundred and thirty. Uh, you know, with regards to. This cancel culture and and the uh, what Facebook and and uh, Twitter are doing in in terms of uh, just bumping people like the president of the United States off. Uh, we talk about the rule of law and uh, we go through a, a, a myriad things that we believe are threatening the future of this nation as a constitutional republic and a a. a, a a nation who is founded on the fundamental principle of consent of the governed.
1: There are so many issues here. I want to take just a couple of them. I want to, uh, you and I, w- you know, we've traveled to Israel together. We've been in Jerusalem. We've been in some of these spots right now that are under attack. I've been there. You've been there during times when there have been these types of uh, uh, conflicts Uh, This one seems pretty intense. They're now reaching to Jerusalem with their uh, rockets. Um, But it it would appear to me uh, that that doesn't appear to me. I know this to be a fact, but I'm going to let you comment on it. The reality is bad people, like what we see in the Middle East right now in Israel, they look for weakness. And when there is an opening, they will take it. And I think what this administration is signaling is weakness and I think this is just the beginning
2: of the things that are going to happen yeah stop and, and think about the fact that uh, when uh, Donald Trump uh, moved the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem you did not have this kind of reaction now that is that was a significant issue not only for the Jews but but for the so-called Palestinians there. That was a big deal. And uh, our president was, in fact, told that this is going to create a war in the Middle East. He did it anyhow, and you didn't have nearly this reaction. So why are we seeing such a reaction now, uh, allegedly, about uh, housing in East Jerusalem? Well, it is because you have a president that is being tested right now by Hamas and Fatah And and uh, Iran, who helps to fund these organizations and supply them with equipment, they're testing our president. And and I'm sad to say that thus far, I don't think that our president has uh, provided much of a response, Uh, certainly not a response that would uh, deter them in the future.
1: You mentioned Iran, Iran. Let me know if I'm connecting the dots appropriately or not. But I would venture to say that, uh, you know, those hundreds of rockets, a number of them that are now being uh, fired on Israeli territory, were funded by the money that the Obama administration, the plane load of money that they took to Iran as a part of the nuclear deal, which uh, President Biden is trying to restart. It, it,
2: would that be a uh, a correct assumption? Oh, I think that's very, very true. And I think that the intelligence community would tell you the same thing. And I think that uh, all you have to do is you have to look at uh, some leaked intelligence reports back during the Trump administration where uh, certain terrorist elements were talking about how Uh, they were no longer getting the same level of uh, money from the Iranians when uh, Mr. Trump slapped sanctions on them, sanctions that were hurting them, sanctions that were really taking a toll on their economy. And uh, therefore, Iran didn't have the kind of money they had had in the past. Uh, But now, those uh, those sanctions uh, don't seem to be an important issue for this administration, and uh, and in fact, keep in mind this administration is about to enter uh, back into the JCPOA with Iran, and uh, I can tell you that there's no question that they have been funding Hamas, Hezbollah, Fatah, which is in the Judea and Samaria, and myriad other terrorist organizations uh, not only in the middle east but uh, in north africa as well general jerry Boykin, let me ask you another question people thinking all right you've got uh, you know
1: 120 plus retired senior military officers that have signed this letter calling on americans to uh to get involved to to save the republic Uh, they might say well why are we not hearing from those that are presently in the structure of our military? Why are they not speaking out?
2: Yeah, first of all, uh, don't think that way because those that are wearing the uniform are really, uh, and and rightly so, they're under uh, a system that does not permit them to take an active role in uh, advocating for or against the commander in chief Uh, of the uh, United States, and that's the president, according to Article 2. So they can't speak out against the president, and it should be that way. Uh, And they can't, in fact, they can't advocate for the president in terms of a a political campaign. So, uh, but let me say this, again, there are an awful lot more retired generals just exactly like the 124 of us that signed this, now, there are some that are diametrically opposed to what we stand for, what we have done here with this letter, the issues that we've raised with this letter to include the the, the fitness of the commander in chief. Uh, and they are very much against what we've done here. And, and, and you see that uh, by the leftist media, you see that we've touched a nerve with this. But look. I want to come back and say this is not about us. It's not about us as individuals. This is about the Constitution of and the future of the United States of America. And we feel that there was no expiration date on our obligation that uh, we incurred when we took the oath saying, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic.
1: But this, uh, really, isn't this the role of retired military officers, those who have served in these critical roles of advising and they understand the system? And so, you know, you're right. When they're in the military, you take the orders and you uh, you you carry them out. There are times if you're going to challenge them, you lay your, your stars or bars on the table and you uh, you walk out. But it's been the, really the history of military officers as they have stepped out of active service that they speak to these issues, uh, and that's what these officers are doing in this case.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. And don't 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 forget that uh Dwight D. Eisenhower was a, a retired four-star general. And don't uh, if you want to go even further back, uh, Ulysses S. Grant and others, Andrew Jackson, and so forth were former members of our military and they had an investment they had made an investment in in america and i think to all of us that signed this letter feel that we've made an investment in america we're not entitled to anything special but we also have invested enough in this country that we feel that uh, we ought to be able to speak out in terms of what we see happening in this country. And, and Tony, I'll just go back to the things that you laid out there at the beginning of the, uh, of this discussion here with the border crisis, that, you know, right now and the gas lines. And, and oh, by the way, how about the uh, increasing debt? And how about the uh, we didn't even talk about that in this letter so much. Uh, and, and, and then look at uh, what's happening in a variety of things in America that really impacts the future of this this country, not to mention the fact that we've got a, an incredible amount of money that's going to have to be paid back by my grandchildren. Um, this has to stop. And as far as we are concerned, those of us who signed that letter— we're doing just our part, just a small part, of trying to get people's attention, trying to get the attention of the administration, to say, look, you've got to pay attention to these things, and you've got to do something about them. It's not good enough to send your press secretary out to make a few flippant, con, uh, you know, uh, remarks with regards to what's what we're bringing up here. It's we need to hear from the president of the United States as to how he's gonna tackle some of these issues because these are, in some cases, uh, like in the case of China, which we talk about in this letter, these are existential. They are existential threats. They threaten the very existence of America.
1: To, to those who think you're overreacting when you say, our country has taken a hard left turn towards socialism and a Marxist form of tyrannical government, what would you say to them?
2: Well, I would say, You better wake up, uh, because we have people that are now admitting that they are socialist. And if you know anything about Karl Marx, Marxism, or socialism, what you must know is that socialism is the pathway to Marxism. And you might as well say Marxism and communism are the same thing. Fundamentally, they're the same thing. And uh, people that are that that, that deny that we are turning to a a, a Marxist nation uh, are people that are not paying attention or they don't understand. And I would say to them right now, look, I've I spent, you know, I came in the army when uh, when the Soviet Union was our big threat, and uh, there was just uh, a, an absolute f- total focus on the Soviet Union and the communist bloc. Uh, and and now, today, we have people that don't even know what the Cold War was. Right. They don't know anything about socialism or Marxism. And that's a very dangerous thing, because we have taken history out of our curriculum and the public school system. And a lot of that history that has been taken out is the, the history of, of, of what the Soviet Union uh was and what they did and what the cold war was all about and what we were why we had so many troops in Europe uh and in places like Turkey to stand against the the existential threat that the Soviet Union uh well, actually they, they've presented had to take to out us.
1: they've had to take out the history portion so they can put it in civics in terms of critical race theory and they're teaching Marxism, but not from a historical standpoint. They're indoctrinating our kids today. General, we're out of time. I wanna thank you for joining us. And uh, again, appreciate your courageous leadership and uh, those that are standing with you. Folks, Uh, uh, we're out of of time. I wanna encourage you, go to the website, read the letter and act upon that letter. All right, you know, until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all
0: means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported.